Hello everybody, welcome to this week's Retro Rewind where we have played Metal Gear for the MSX. Yes, we've been playing Metal Gear for the MSX. We is me, Craig, and also who? Metal Gear. Oh. Oh my god, you did something from the game. I did, see? That's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, man. Um, I just know. Okay. My, my name is Dave, and I, I, I played Metal Gear. This isn't some sort of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Although Are you sure? It feels I've met like, some really weird people. <laughs> it feels like it should be. Um, yeah, Metal Gear. So it was developed by Konami, published by Konami, and it was directed by our old friend Hideo Kojima, or Kojima. I say Kojima now because the more podcasts I listen to, the more I realise that I pronounce everything wrong, and it's not Kojima. I, I don't think... I, I've always grown up pronouncing it Kojima too, but mm. I think it is Kojima. Yeah, it makes much more sense because no names like that seem to, is it enunciate that kind of sound? Yeah, yeah you're putting that. a lot of emphasis on that yeah. I there, and I don't think they're supposed to be. But it's the same knows? as Yakuza. You trained me not to do Yakuza. Well, then I can die a happy man. Yeah, Yakuza just, I, I'm not a weeb by any means, but that just, you know, tweaks me behind the eyeballs when someone says Yakuza. It's, it's not, it's not right. So anyway, yeah, so 1987 was when it was released in Japan and in Europe. It was actually released in North America in 1998. Whoops. But for purposes of our dating, we'll go for we'll go for the Japanese release because yeah, just because. So yeah, I picked this game because last week we played what did we play last week? Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder and Metal Gear to me seemed like the futuristic way of spy warfare so at the end of that episode I started ranting and raving about how this would be the future and it would be so awesome because we could play Metal Gear and it would be like espionage at its finest Um, and we can talk about how that turned out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just for those wondering uh, there is no turtlenecks in this entire game Uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't played the entire thing, but I, I don't see anybody in turtlenecks like in Rolling Thunder. No. And um, I think a turtleneck is a fairly... I think it's timeless. Out of all the things, everyone should always be wearing turtlenecks. Anyway. I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs will be buried with one for the next 30 years or so before it disintegrates. It's true. It's very true. So yeah, I... Again, as always, no history with Metal Gear, with... The larger series, yes, obviously, but not specifically with this title. Dave, did you play this on release or shortly thereafter? (laughs) Well, as I was living in Nagoya, Japan at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, I went down to my nearest game store and, of course, waited in line for... (laughs) No, I didn't! Um, Well, hold on. Before you move on, though, I mean, especially in series this, let's say, fanboyish? Um. Your your experience with the rest of the series will color the way you see this, because to a normal person, uh, you will just play this game and be like, oh, that's a, okay, that's an 8-bit dude, and that's an 8-bit dude, but to you, because you've played solid through 5, mm-hmm. let's say you will just be like, oh, that's Snake, and oh, that's Big Boss, you will bring everything 
backwards with you when you do it. So a little bit of your history with the series may be useful. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I suppose. Yes. Fine. You're very right. So I played Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. I have played some of Metal Gear Solid 2. Can't remember um, how much of that. I've never touched in my entire life Snake Eater. Oh, at really? All. Yep, not That's at all. surprising. Which I've I heard something. Is there one half of people that say 3 is the best Metal Gear Solid? Is that a, the right thing? Okay, 3 is the best of the old Metal Gear yeah. Solid. Okay. Like 4 straddles the line between 5 and 3 mm-hmm. in numbers as well as gameplay. But yeah, like three is is ace in my book too. Okay, um, four very much played four. Um, I really liked that game, despite people not liking it as much. And five is one of my favoriteest games ever. And you have recently played that, and it made me reinstall it. So it's sitting back in my pile of games to do because I like it. Um, Dave. Are you going to play through the whole thing again? No, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I was thinking um, of dabbling. And the more you spoke about uh, the side missions and side ops, I just thought, do you know what? I don't want to do that again. I think I'm fine. I'm fine where it is. Um, I would suggest the online, though. The The online is a lot of fun. And it, even if you're just invading other players' spaces, that's quite a bit of fun there. And it, it kind of kills some of the repetitiveness of the side ops. Because you're like, oh, this person has turrets, and this person okay, has right. dogs. And this, you know. Fair enough. Sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say as well, there's always that wee squidgy ground zeros, which I loved as well. And what was the one, what was the demo with the, what was the demo that came with? Zone of the Enders. Yes, yes. I remember. Ah, uh, the bottle shooting. Yes gallery so and ground like ground zeros to me is the best game demo i've ever played like i think it's amazing i know it's not a demo because i think i bought it instead of getting it for free but (laughs) but, (laughs) i was gonna say that kind of negates it as a demo it does um but it really it made me all the more hyped for five like Super, so I like. I'm a by that point, I was a super fan, still not really understanding the story too much, knowing the main characters and all that kind of stuff, but not grasping fully what's going on. But I, I don't know if that's important. Some people it is, some people it's very important. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't care too much. I, I know the story and I understand it. I, I'm just not a fan of that kind of thing. Uh, looking back now from actually finishing five. Ground Zeroes was a really good snapshot of what the game is going to be. Mm-hmm. It really because is. Because you are re- repetitively going into bases over and over again to do different things. It is. It, it's like a tiny wee snapshot of greatness for me. Greatness. Um. Yeah, I, I, I bought Ground Zeroes. I thought it was fun. Um. My first Metal Gear game was, oddly enough, like the Black Sheep. It was Snake's Revenge on the NES. Um, I, I, I thought it was okay. I never finished it just because it was kind of boring. Uh, after that, I didn't touch Metal Gear until two, like Metal Gear Solid two. Cause everybody was raving about, oh my gosh, Metal Gear Solid two. And I'm, all right, okay, I'll try it. And 
I got about halfway through that and went, oh, I should probably play the first one because, you know, obviously this story will make sense when you play the first one. (laughs) Um, So so I I played the first. I've played them all now. Um, Like Craig said, recently I just started five and I put 70-odd hours into it and then said, I'm done with these side ops and finished the game. A a thought would be it's a fun game. A little repetitive, uh, flaming whales, but it's it's a fun game. So with all that baggage, Craig, let's crack into Metal Gear. Oh wait, um, really quick, just because um, this is a line that has been drawn in the sand, Craig. Uh, when you read little little snakes, eight bit bloops. Do you hear it in David Hayter's voice? Oh yeah, Keeper uh, Sutherland's voice. I, I I I'm David Hayter. I don't know why. Um, I like Kiefer Sutherland, but David Hader is the voice. Yeah, like I, I think Kiefer Sutherland is the better actor mm-hmm. in in most cases, but the voice of Snake will always be David Hader. I'm with you on that one. Uh, would you pay two ninety nine to get David Hader's voice in Metal Gear Solid Five? Two ninety nine. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's say they released it as DVD uh-huh. or DVD. DLC. DVD. Ah. Mm, yep. Yes, they released a DVD of David Hayter going, Hi, I'm David Hayter. <laughs> no, I, I would I would pay for the DLC to get David Hayter in a Metal Gear Solid 5, and I would never look back. Yeah, because the reason I ask is because uh, a game we will be doing later this year, Resident Evil 2, the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's all new voice acting. It's all new music and sound effects and all that. But... There's like a two ninety nine DLC to where, ah, oh, you can have the old sound effects, the old music. It's like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like, well, that's stupid. Who's going to buy that? And then I finished the game and I'm, ah, I want to play it again. I need an excuse. Oh, let's play through with the, oh, this is cool. Is it cool? So it, it is It is very cool to hear like the old save game music that's like middied out the ass while you're in a fancy new save room. It's pretty cool. Anyway, none of that is Metal Gear. Okay, so Metal Gear is top-down, stealth, and inverted commas, action game. You are Snake. You are running about the place. Dave, I imagine you are punching a lot of people in the face. Oh, everybody. And you're running about, as far as I got, you're running about a compound doing the usual Metal Gear stuff you're picking up key cards, you're picking up gadgets, you're using gadgets to bypass objects, you're saving guys, you're punching other guys and you're generally getting the job done it's a very action forward game you're you're in there to do a job and do it well so in the first level um, we're basically kind of getting to grips with the mechanics of the game which is punching, shooting and generally avoiding being run over by rolling barrels of stuff and spotted by cameras. It's... Um, hold on, (laughs) let's pause there for a second. Okay. So, um, first of all, I, this being an MSX game, uh, this is the first MSX game, I think, right? That we've done? It is, yeah, yeah, very much is. I know this because, rather painfully, my wee retro box thing that I've got set up the MSX doesn't support save states, and this is the first time I found out that I couldn't save state my way through the thing <laughs> to cheat. <laughs> um, how did it run it, by the way? 
Because I haven't run an MSX game off that yet. Absolutely flawlessly. Apart from you couldn't run, uh, you can do save states. <laughs> um, I, I played it on the PS3, the Metal Gear Solid okay. Legacy Collection. Um, it took me a while to find it because I'm an idiot. But you have to load up Metal Gear Solid Two, and then it's in the menus what? along with Metal Gear Two. Yeah, yeah. The the games are nested inside of each other. It's not like a title screen where you just like you know a konami arcade thing it's just nested anyway so since this is the first msx the big thing the msx couldn't do that other systems could was scroll no so you have to have everything on like these almost arcade game one screen things at a time now there's not really a transition i mean it's an instantaneous transition from screen to screen but it still threw me off because when I go screen to screen, I expect, okay, everything's reset. We're on a different screen. Uh, it doesn't work that way with alarms. No, no, it doesn't. Um, which is, it's off-putting. It doesn't work that way with alarms, but it does reset enemies. <laughs> and enemy yeah, it does. that's weird. Yeah, so it, it maintains states for some things, but not other things, which I, I can almost accept. I can almost, almost accept it. And I honestly wouldn't have noticed it too much because I did genuinely attempt to stealth my way through this game so I would have expected the enemies to still be there but I imagine you painstakingly could clear a room, walk out, walk back in and it would be full of enemies again yeah after after the first 10 minutes I was like oh okay alright stealth in this is a little weird right like it's always interesting to see mechanics that we're very familiar with later on be done in such a um, retro game. And the stealth in this is not enemies have a cone of vision as if you look at the graphics, you're not going to think, okay, they have a cone of vision. It's very much a binary of like, are they facing you? If yes, they've seen you. Yeah. Unless there's an obstacle there. It's almost like you're, you're dealing with laser trip wires coming out of each of their chests it's like if their chest faces yeah. you, you have been caught. It's actually it's actually a pretty cool way of doing it because the cameras work in the same way. The cameras don't pan like they do in later games. The cameras move on rails horizontally or vertically. Yeah, that that is a nice solution to that. It, I was like, oh, that's cool. It really is. But what it makes for, for me in my head is you've got a camera going horizontally, a camera going vertically, two guys walking about the place. It's one gigantic puzzle per screen how did I get from there to there without being spotted and that's the way I played the whole game was just looking at the screen going okay there's a blind spot there so I'll run there and then I'll run there and I'll run there and it became like an action puzzle game <laughs> it's really no that, that's that's not a bad way to I mean the way I was playing was you know you would wait behind a blind corner <laughs> and come around kind of... they turn and you punch them four times in the yeah. face and they're down yeah. like okay now I don't have to I didn't figure out a way to take out cameras no nope. did you no nope, not at all okay so I wonder if they're uh, uh, just something you can't take out did you figure out how to crawl or anything no I did not figure out how to crawl neither did I um, the 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 need to crawl never kind of reared its ugly head. Um, so just just to like highlight, I um, so the first mission you land at this compound. Not entirely sure what you're supposed to do, but you've got big boss on the radio as you do normal. It's that wee frequency channel thing, which is really cool. Um, and I got as far as 
meeting Diane via the radio and getting killed in a room full of guys shooting and patterns. So I said to you before we started recording, I played for 45 minutes to an hour. I imagine this is 10, 15 minutes to someone that knows what they're doing uh, because there's a lot of backwards and forwarding. You get so far and then you get to a room that you require a gas mask. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then you have to go... Okay, I remember the gas mask room, so Mm -hmm. I at least made it that far. Um, So there was the gas mask room and then... You get so far before your keycard zero one, your keycard zero one stops working, and you need to find keycard zero two. So I found keycard zero two, and then backtracked to get into all of those rooms, and eventually freed a prisoner who told me Diane's frequency. You dial in the frequency for Diane, and it comes back and says that she's out shopping. Oh, well, that's oh, nice. That's just a pain in the hoop. Um. Yeah, so, okay, like, well, so, that, so the whole point of that random babbling was to say, I think I got a good grasp of what was going on here, but it could be scra- only scratching the surface, really. Um. Okay, so I got somewhere between the gas mask and letting the prisoner out before I got not frustrated. To be fair to this game, I didn't get frustrated. I got kind of bored. Um, because, uh, like we were saying, every time you leave a screen, when you go back, poof, everybody's back. The best resupply I've ever seen in a military base. But, um, it, the backtracking gets to you after a while. Because every time you, there's no making your backtracking easier for yourself. And, uh, what I did was I went through every, before I backtracked and found out everybody just respawns, I went through... And I'm like, okay, I'm going to kill everybody on this screen. And that takes, like, you know, a good five minutes because yeah. you don't want to get caught. And, okay, next screen, I'm going to kill everybody on this screen. So if I have to come back, and, and I did that for the first couple of screens. And then, oh, hey, I've got to go back and get the thing. And I'm like, oh, no. I have to kill everyone. Um, I, think that, I think that's where playing it like a stealth game comes where, is where it comes into its own. Because if you do it like that, it feels a wee bit better. And I think enemies are set up. And pat in such a way where when you get used to it, you hit a screen and you instantly know, okay, I need to pause for three seconds and then just bolt right to left and I'll get past these two guys. Or you, you kind of work out patterns and, and set yeah, solutions. Yeah, you do a stagger step thing yeah. where it's like, okay, i got to go to this spot and then wait. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I, I, um, I quite enjoyed that aspect of it. I just didn't like the backtracking, as, the, the backtracking bit of it became annoying as well but less so I suppose because I wasn't trying to kill everyone on the screen at the same time <laughs> um uh, yeah what kind of idiot would do that Craig <laughs> um my question is this because uh this is pretty much what Metal Gear Solid is like it's if you just take this base gameplay switch it to 3D that's solid right mm-hmm. uh the story I think was more Metal Gear 2 2 was remade into Metal Gear Solid story-wise. But anyway, um, did that bother you in Solid at all? Or does the whole 3D make it less uh, annoying to deal with? I, the, and it genuinely sounds terrible. I don't know how many times I've said this in the past wee while, but I've found more and more that I do, and it was because of a book. There was a book that I was going to buy... Um, 
and I saw it on Amazon and was like, oh, I really fancy that book. Uh, and the cover to the book is absolutely not like gorgeous. It's like this red and black silhouetted awesome thing. Um, I'm going somewhere with this, right? Uh, it's beautiful. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so I'm looking at it and, it, and it, so I bought it. And then I told the guy at work, I bought, bought the book. It's the Wind Up Bird Chronicle by, I don't know, Haruki Murakami or something. Um, and he was like, oh, I've got that as well, but I don't have the awesome cover. I've got this cover. And it, the original cover for the book before it's all been redesigned is this gross, weird, old school book cover. And I'm like, if I, that book had that book cover, I would not have bought that book. And then he was like, oh, well, you judge a book by its cover then, don't you? And I was like... Oh crap, so I do. And this is exactly <laughs> back to this point. I'm like, it didn't bother me in Metal Gear Solid. And I had this exact thought. It didn't bother me in Metal Gear Solid because it's 3D and because it's slightly, no, it's a lot nicer to look at. I kind of write off this top down bit style game because I'm a terrible person or because. <laughs> I judge a book by its cover. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, so this is something we were gonna run into at some point on a retro rewind, yeah. right? Like, like at some point. Um, I think it's a human thing to look at something older and say it's worth less than something new and shiny. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of you know, if, if you have a 1992 Toyota Celica, let's say. Or you have a, you know, 2009 Celica. You're going to inherently value the 2009 car. Why did I go to cars, Craig? I've got no idea, but it's okay. Just roll with I it. do do cars. <laughs> You're going to inherently value whatever is newer. If you see <clears throat> a, um, uh, well, let's say, uh, let's take movies. You watch the old Casino Royale and then watch the new one. You're going to value the new one more. Whether or not you prefer the acting in the old one mm-hmm. or the visuals or whatever. It's just human nature to be, oh, this is new, this is shiny, this means more to me. And when Metal Gear Solid came out, man, 3D was the newest, shiniest kid on the block to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's only till later on when you actually look at the uh, inherent value of the individual things it does. Like, I, I still find it kind of amazing that so much of this 8-bit game is exactly the same as 3D ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I I guess you could view that as as a negative, but a lot of what Solid does is here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as much as this this physically just pains me to say, but uh yeah, I mean, I mean, it's nice to see that Kojima got the formula on his first shot. And I realize it wasn't a one-man development team and most people need to realize that he's not single-handedly programming Metal Gear Solid Five, but like it, it's nice to see that. Oh, so he had a very good picture of what he wanted the gameplay to be, and did a very good job translating it into this very simple game, as opposed to you know nowadays where we got gigs and gigs and gigs to deal with. So like that is a very nice lesson to take away from this when you play it, as because. Um, or, I mean, I guess it would be the same as, <clears throat> let's say, um, your kid had never played Mario before and they play new Super Mario Brothers Wii. 
Like, if they went back and played Mario Brothers mm -hmm. 3, let's say, so much of that, oh, this is what the game is about, is still right there. Technology didn't change that at all. And it's been a long time since I've played a game like that, because the next game we're playing, technology very much changes that game. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, you're right. I... I was thinking about this quite a lot after the whole book thing and after playing Metal Gear Solid. I was trying to rack my brains and think what is an old game that I just love to bits? And out of everything I could... James Pond! No. Out of everything I can think of the oldest game that I've got in my head that closely resembles what we're talking about is A Link to the Past. Because it's a... What was that? What was that noise? That was the noise of Craig, I, you're a crazy monster. No, that was a that was a poser. <laughs> Real people play the whole series, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. I, did, I didn't know you were an LTTB LTTP boy. I, Ooh, boy, that's that's tough to get out. Uh, LT. Yeah, I I am <laughs> because the the reason I did was because a couple of years ago I played A Link Between Worlds. And I really enjoyed A Link Between Worlds. A Link Between Worlds is a beautiful looking A Link to the Past. So I went back and played A Link to the Past and really, really, really thought hard about it and concentrated on not just judging the book by its cover, judging the game by its bitness, <laughs> I suppose. And it's a wonderful game. I think I'll just say boo. I know, I know, I know. I think it's an absolutely brilliant game. It's only it's only since I've started thinking about things like that and then sitting playing Metal Gear Solid, I'm actually having to consciously make an effort to not write things off because of the way they look. And it's weird because I can play something like Stardew Valley, which is a new game that looks like an old game, but still a like it like it's a new game so it's not purely visual I think a lot of what I end up writing things off of is old mechanics or clunky mechanics and I think that's where this where Metal Gear kind of comes into its own because it does use the mechanics of the later games in the way the best way that it can but it nails it really well I hope not. All right, boy, you just you just opened up a Pandora's box there, buddy boy. I know. Uh, okay, <laughs> so so let let's first talk of uh, if you want to know how I feel about Link to the Past, don't listen to the episode I made a few years ago because it gets kind of terrible. Um, but uh, going through the games now, like we are, instead of picking random ones that happen to line up with the letter, we're running. I I personally am running into this thing where everyone we've picked so far is like a bona fide classic. Yeah. As in, this will be held up for years as a classic. Uh, we didn't really get that before. We got Cosmic Space Head and, yeah. and, and Micro Machines yeah. and James Pond. It's a shame um, to that, yeah. So, so having to look at these games and evaluate them now as in a do I like this while still maintaining in the back of your head, well, I should like this because this evolved into something amazing. And everybody says this is a classic, so it must be a classic. Is there something wrong with me if I don't like it? Like, am I not appreciating it on the same level as other people? Uh, I, I've never really had to go through that line of thinking before. And I, I think your point there of it's not the way it looks... 
it's how it feels mm-hmm. older. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to judge a book by its cover in that case. Like, oh, this is older. It feels older, hence it is worth less. Not in the grand, like, historical sense, but to you personally. I I think that's absolutely fine. Because even though I play hundreds of retro games a year, Monster Hunter... Iceborne is going <laughs> to blow them all away, like every every yeah. single one of them. So I, I understand what, what you're saying. I wouldn't feel bad about doing something like that. I mean, plus there's also just that personal taste. Like, like I don't like the personal taste of some uh, retro games just because of the way they look. They look funky, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. just look at, like, Wagland Land or Pac-Land. It just looks a little weird. So, yeah, don't feel bad about that nonsense. Mm. Um. As for Metal Gear, I kind of feel the same way I feel about Link to the Past. Um, this is a classic. You should really probably play this just to get an appreciation for what was done and how it evolved. I will personally never touch this game again. I, I just won't. I, I don't find it fun. Um, a lot of old stealth games, I, I find that. What about you, Craig? I mean, like, are you okay with, like, say, PS2-era stealth games or PS1? Um. <sighs> I think the the more I think about stealth, the more I think stealth as a mechanic is one of the more difficult mechanics to program. And it, it becomes apparent, and it will become apparent because I'm sure we'll hit across maybe a couple more stealth games as we go right the way through to 2009 or whatever we're going to. Maybe 2010 oh, yeah, I'm sure. by the time we get there. And it's the, it's the one thing that highlights quite... I was going to say highlights quite bigly, but that is the most the worstest English, and that is the worstest way to say it. <laughs> I think stealth, modern stealth, absolutely annihilates historical stealth, and it's like wait a minute, what are you, are you saying? Dishonor does stealth better than Metal Gear for the MSX? I, you are a fake gamer, sir. <laughs> How dare you? No, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not stating the obvious as in it does it better. I'm saying out oh, of Oh, I'm saying it. Out of all mechanics, stealth to me, because it's the one that I hold dearest, is most noticeably dated in this. If you get my drift. Like I I, I think I, I understand what you're saying. Uh-huh. Uh I think you're being a little too nice about it. Okay. Because uh so I guess I'll be the jerk. You be the here. jerk. So when you're talk when I'm talking when we're talking mechanics, right? Like stealth here. Um, this is a steaming hot pile of garbage compared to Tenchu, right? Like I mean, it, it just is. It's not as nuanced. There aren't as many gray areas, or or even Thief. Like like you play Thief, yeah, and then play this. This stealth is going to be like two cutouts from paper on a string, just moving. It, it there's not much nuance to it. And that's the big problem we're going to get into, Craig. Yeah. Is because mechanics-wise, nothing obsoletes a game faster than mechanics. Just doesn't. So, I mean, I guess that's why we need to try to make it a point to view all the other stuff ancillary to the game beside the mechanics. Because, yeah. again, let's let's take a shooting game. Doom is still fun. Like, Doom is fun to play. You play Doom 2016? 
it shits all over Doom. Like there, there's what mechanics wise. I know <laughs> what a jerk. Um, yeah, there's just nothing that Doom the original does that the 2016 game doesn't do and better. There is personal taste. Mm-hmm. Like you, maybe you have a lot of memories about Doom and you you enjoy that like one plane, no no X axis or Y axis, whichever one it is uh-huh. involved. You know, it's like why Duke Nukem 3D doesn't really work anymore. Uh, so yeah, with with games, that's what's interesting is it obsoletes, but I don't. I, I still personally am coming to a choice of whether or not it makes it. Uh, hmm, what's the word? And see, I'm stuck for a word. Uh, ineffectual. Like I don't think because let's go Mario again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because Super Mario we exist, it doesn't make Super Mario 3's existence redundant. Yeah. That that's kind of what I'm trying to work through uh-huh. here while we do this stuff, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. So, um, yeah, what does sorry that, if what? I rambled too long. No, I think that we both rambled quite a lot because I think the now that we're into this process, it always every single time we pick a different game or we pick a different subject or we do something different, I start thinking about things differently, and because of my nature, I overthink things, and. That's, this is just like a, a voyage of discovery. So it's just like everything I'm thinking about, uh, I'm basically telling you because I'm dragging you along my journey of thought. <laughs> Essentially, that's, that's all um, it is. And other people are having to listen to it. Well, they don't have to. Oh, no, I mean, no. we will let your family go at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to listen to this. I guess you'd have to to hear what I just said. But other than that, you can shut it off now. I mean, yeah, five stars um, on iTunes and we'll let your parents go. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick question, though. Uh, we both really enjoy a quick rapid-fire arcade game, right? Does the old-school look matter in that regard at all? No, no, not at all. In fact... I think for the most part, old school is old school is cool. With that regard, when you get into like arcade games and quarter munchers and things that you just want to go in and go, I want to play a game really quickly. Old school is the way forward for me. Oh, I didn't know. Way, well, well, way forward does a lot of really good oh, old school games. Like, I mean, look at Shantae. No, we, oh, 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 see what you did there. <laughs> Bloody hell! I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Well, I because I'm wondering if, like, for you, it, there there's a very uh, sharp delineation between this is a game that's meant to last five minutes. See how far I can get. It's a quarter muncher. They're mm-hmm. fun. Versus this is a home is game. Like, yeah. I am supposed to sit down and absorb this all, enjoy the story, the graphics, the music, and the gameplay itself. So when one of those cylinders doesn't really fire, it kind of tweaks you a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. I think, I think we're on to something here. It's very interesting. And it is, again, something I've never really sat down to think about before. No, because, I mean, I'll. Uh, when does this come out? Does this come out before the half year? Uh, or after, after the half year? After, after. As I'm sure you've heard on the half year uh, thing that we did, I, I'm trying to change the way I play games. So if when you include retro into this, it does make it very interesting and of course we're both fake gamers who only get on because it, we think it makes us look cool let's be fair <laughs> uh, alright um, 
So final thoughts on Metal Gear, Craig. Um, Shoot. Pew, 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 pew. See what? Nah, that was rubbish as well. Uh, that was. I've had I had a horrific amount of fun with this. Like an absolute blast. Just speaking through the past 40 minutes has made me think about what we're going to play next week. So I'm, I'm going to again give you two choices. So wait till the end and I'll give you two choices and you can pick what we're playing if that's okay. okay. Um, Metal Gear has been ace. It's not quite got me as fired up as what I thought. I was going in for a deep dive back into the originator of a series that I actually really like despite having not played a couple of titles and not even knowing what some of the titles are um, I still really like it and I thought I was going back to see what, what made it awesome and I did I think I did, I think I saw that the the original you know, Kojima's what is it, what, it's not his mission it's not his view, it's his vision, his vision right there you can see it you can see all those component parts that made Metal Gear Solid really good they're all they're all there screen by screen by screen by screen you're going through metal, like a, an early Metal Gear Solid it's fantastic but the mecha- the general mechanics and the way it works didn't quite draw me in as much as I thought it would and I've slightly disappointed in myself because of that because of all the things we've mentioned in this long and rambling podcast I was disappointed in myself but overall it's it's like an absolute classic and I'm, I'm happy to say it's an absolute classic and I'm so happy that I experienced it now well I'm glad you feel that way uh, it's no micro machines at least <sighs> you know um, okay so <clears throat> Uh, my analogy for me playing this is, imagine, Craig, you have absolutely zero interest in wrestling, Okay, let's say. Mm-hmm. I do have, we don't so need to imagine, to, I don't have any interest. Okay, alright, good. Okay, so you have zero interest in wrestling. You go to a wrestling show, I don't know if it's WCW, WW, I, I have no idea what it is anymore. <laughs> you go to a wrestling production, I, I don't know what you call it, uh-huh. um, a wrestling match, and... You sit down and you have your beer and you have your nachos and you're like, yes, I'm finally American. Um, and the wrestling match starts and you're sitting there just kind of bored. Everybody else around you is having an amazing time. I don't think it's you should count it as a personal fault if you're not enjoying it to the same level. Like it doesn't make you uh, less an intellectual. It doesn't make you less appreciative of culture. It's just... This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. You guys have as so much fun as you want. I I just can't. It doesn't hit me that way. That's kind of the way I feel about this game. Yeah. Um, while playing it, I could see how a because I have a friend that is a crazy Metal Gear head, right? Like just loves Metal Gear, everything about it, even those really crappy radio dramas. Absolutely loves them. I can understand what going through this game as that fan would be. But for me personally, it's it's nothing more than an interesting look as if I was reading a book about it. Of like, oh, okay, so in 19... What, what year are we talking about? Uh, 88. 88. 87. 88. 88. You know, in 88, Ko- Kojima made Metal Gear and it went on to... 
you know, blah, 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 proliferate into a giant series. And these are the important things about metal. I, I, I could have got the same thing as I experienced. I mean, now I have a more nuanced look to it because I played it. But other than that, yeah, like I said, uh, it, I'll never touch it again. Mm-hmm. It's just a very interesting look at history. Hmm. Cool. Well, um, yeah. What, what else is there to say, Dave? We've done it. We've got to the end of the episode. Uh, what there is to say is if you really love Metal Gear, go back and look at this. It, it'll be very interesting for you, I'm sure. So what have we got next week? Then for 1988, <laughs> Dave, is it another? Are we? You going to keep up this run of classic games? I. All right, so I I want to take you on a journey, Craig. Uh, the year is 1989. Not the Journey game. The Journey game must have come out before. Uh, the Journey game came out, I think, in 1963. Okay, so we're past yeah. it at that point. Um. Anyway, so the year is 1989. My little brother was just born. I think you were there. Uh, I was three years old. I I sort of knew what an arcade game was. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, in a little country known as Japan, they released a game called Splatterhouse. And right now, I'm so giggly because I love Splatterhouse, Craig. <laughs> so next week, or next week to rewind, we are going to play Splatterhouse, the arcade version. Um. It, if all you have is the TurboGrafx version, pfft, knock yourself out and play that. So shut us out, Craig. Shut us down. Cool. Thank you. I look forward to Splatterhouse very much. Don't, <laughs> don't sound too excited I'm there, buddy. so excited. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. You can catch us on the web, catch us on Twitter, tell us what to play, tell us to do something, I don't know, whatever. Just... I don't know, leave a review or whatever. Do the, do the usual bump. Just get in touch. Tell us you love us. Or not. Or, or not. Or not. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's or fine. not. That's fine. Anyway, since Craig is terrible at this... I know. Oh, yeah. Like, I never I never have to do the closeout <laughs> things. Even when I'm doing the rest of it, I never do the closeout. And you put me on the spot here. And I know I've done bad because you're stepping in. Because I hired Craig. Uh, let me just step in and say I'm very sorry for my employees work here. Um, We're going to close this out by saying thank you very much. We will catch you next time.